0: Hello, Fins Nation. Welcome back to another episode of the Fins with Frisch podcast. A wise man named William Arthur Ward once said, opportunities are like sunrises. If you wait too long, you might miss them. And when it comes to the Miami Dolphins, they have their biggest opportunity in recent memory when the sun rises in Munich, Germany this Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Make no mistake, this is their biggest game in 20 years. Now, some of you might be saying, well, what about the three playoff games, only three, that they've played in the last 20 years? And to someone that says that, I would say this. In 2016 and 2022, we went into the playoffs with a second-string quarterback and third-string quarterback, respectively, Matt Moore and Skylar Thompson. And we were the lowest seed in the AFC Conference at the time. We had no chance of winning the Super Bowl. Similarly, in 2008, we weren't the lowest seed. We actually had our starting quarterback. We were the division winners. We still had the longest odds to win the Super Bowl in the AFC Conference at plus 3,000. So we never had a chance to win the Super Bowl. And there have been three times in my entire life, I'm 23 years, seven months, and one week old, three times that I thought we had a chance to win the Super Bowl. First time was in 2015. I was a young, delusional adolescent, and we had just signed Dominican Sioux. I thought that that would lead us to becoming Super Bowl champions, and after four games, we were 1-3 and, and fired the head coach. So I was quickly proven wrong. Last year was the second time, and obviously we know what happened last year, and this year is the third time. Now, we play a game with major implications towards winning the Super Bowl, towards our goal of winning the Super Bowl this Sunday. This game is for the number one seed. We know that, and the Kansas City Chiefs know that. So I hope you left all your mistakes, all your false starts, all your dropped passes in Philadelphia, because that game was not a tune-up game, but that game was a statement game. That was for the narrative. This is for the number one seed. And just some statistics for you on the number one seed, or just home teams in the playoffs in general. Wildcard doesn't fit with my narrative, so I'm not going to tell you the stats in the wild card. And we don't even care about the wild card game anyway. We care about winning the Super Bowl. In the divisional round, home teams win 73% of the time. In the conference championship, home teams win 70% of the time. So, home field advantage is a major advantage in the playoffs, and the Kansas City Chiefs, Mahomes, this is his sixth year as a starter, they have played in five AFC Championship games. Another major advantage is experience, and the Kansas City Chiefs are killing us on experience. We need every advantage we can get if we see them in January, and we expect to see them in January, and that starts with beating them this Sunday, getting the number one seed, and having home field advantage. So, to discuss all this, we bring back Jeremy Hawk after he was in Arizona last week. We had some technical
1: difficulties trying to get him on, and we're very happy to have him back. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Jack. I missed out on last week. I was very upset to hear that our audio didn't work, but it's just going to make for a better show this week. We're rejuvenated and ready to go. It's Halloween, and we got the biggest game of our lifetimes coming up this Sunday. Happy to be here and happy to talk some Dolphins football, man. Yes, sir. The biggest game in our
0: lifetime. And that's why we're going to spend almost the entire podcast talking about this upcoming game. I do quickly, we talked about the, the the loyal fans who were there for the first episode. Remember, the pilot, it was about appreciation. We do need to appreciate what we're seeing. We'll quickly give the team their flowers, and then we're going to move on because the big one's this Sunday. So some quick statistics for you regarding uh, this past Sunday's game. Tua is now the MVP favorite again. He leads the league in passing yards with 2,416, which has passed Dan Marino for the most passing yards in Dolphin history through the first eight games of the season. He had 2,390 passing yards, and Dan Marino has nothing to be ashamed of. As we all know, if he was playing in today's league, he would throw for 6,000 yards and 80 touchdowns in the first 10 games of the season. Um, Tyreek Hill has... 1,017 yards through eight games, he's on pace for 2,154, and he's on pace in 16 games for 2,034, so he can avoid the asterisks in getting 2,000 yards and beating Calvin Johnson's record, and he's the first receiver in the Super Bowl era to have 1,000 yards in the first eight games of a season. Finally, Jalen Ramsey, his long-awaited return. He comes back, and what does he do? He gets an interception in his
1: first game back. Can we get some thoughts on the Dolphins this past Sunday? Yeah, this um, game past Sunday, fresh. the Patriots obviously aren't a great team, but it's still not easy to um, beat Bill Belichick, as we've seen throughout our lifetimes. And I was very impressed by our victory, man. A lot of good things I took away. Um, Versus our first game of the season, really something we've talked about on and on the past couple weeks, is about sticking true to our identity and playing our best game, and sticking true to our game script. And I really thought we stuck with that this weekend. We got the ball to our best players early, got the ball up the middle, uh, we tried enforcing a run game. I thought we were really, really good offensively. It wasn't perfect, but they still put up, what, 31 points last weekend? 31, yep. Yeah, so I don't know how we can't be dissatisfied by that. I remember we were looking at each other. We had 17 points, like four minutes left in the second quarter, and we were like upset. And this goes back to appreciation. We're like, we have 17 points in the, the fourth. We'd be happy with like 17 points in the game in the past. So offensively. I thought we were great. We're always great, except for that Eagles game, but we're a great offensive team. We know that. I really want to talk a little bit more about our defense in that game. Again, Patriots aren't great. People will talk about how Bourne got hurt. Patriots have been slow on offense. Mac isn't great. Blah, blah, blah. I think the defense was extremely improved this week, and a lot of that comes when you get a player like Jalen Ramsey back, man. People have been talking about, for years, I'm sure we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but, like, the past couple of years, yeah, people have been talking about, like, Jalen Ramsey's, like, taking a step off. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey's lost, like, a little bit of athleticism. That's what happens when you get older. It's obvious. Guys play a lot of football games. But Jalen Ramsey's, like, technique and his length is never going to go away, ever. So, like, just bringing that back into the equation and, like, showing a game like that, his instinct, his length, his, and most importantly, like, his ability of playing big games, and he's seen everything. It's yep. like that one pick that like goes just like a little lob for Mac Jones. Like That's Jalen Ramsey's instinct and knowing exactly what was coming. And that's going to transform this defense this season, dude. I'm completely set on that, getting him back. People are saying he's taking a step off. This guy's played in huge football games. He's played in an NFC Championship, an AFC Championship, and he's won a Super Bowl. They're just adding another guy like that to the offense, to the defense— who's not only a great player, but a great leader, a great communicator, and a guy who's seen everything in NFL. And I really think that's what translated us, the defense, looking great this weekend. Um, long starting to come along, which I loved. I thought he played a great game. Phillips is just continuing to get better. Chubb's getting a little more involved. thought the execution was great, and I expect that to keep getting better going to this week, because it really needs to be. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, one thing, I actually, I didn't look into this.
0: I meant to um, before you came on, but I remember... Two years ago, when Byron Jones was on the team, and we all hate Byron Jones, but he you could tell the difference in the defense when Byron Jones was on the field and when Byron Jones was off the field. And Byron Jones, you know, as much as we don't like the guy, he was a he was a very solid he was a very solid corner and safety. Um, so then you add a guy like Jalen Ramsey into the mix, and it vastly improves our defense. So it's big to have him back. Um, with that said, I mean let's just turn the page. We, we can still talk about Ramsey and all the things, but we, we, we got to turn the page to the Chiefs game. This is this is the biggest game in, in
1: years. Yeah, this is crazy, Jack. I like how we kept the Patriots talk short because something that we talked about for a little bit. We knew we were taking business taking our business against New England, two 0 six zero. Patriots on our, on the downhill right now. We're on the way up. So I'm happy we kept that short, said what we needed to say, but this weekend, dude, it's is a big, is a big big football game, man. You gotta take advantage of one of the fact that this is supposed to be a Chiefs home game, we're getting a neutral site, but like, besides the fact, like, you gotta win this freaking football game. Something we've been talking about, this team just needs a statement win for themselves. Who cares about the media, this and that, this team needs to show if they're a legit team, they need to show themselves that they can win a big football game. And no better opportunity to do that. We had a great opportunity two weeks ago to be a team that was just in the Super Bowl but didn't win. But now we have an opportunity to beat the defending Super Bowl champions and Patrick Mahomes, who are on their way to becoming a dynasty. So this game there's a lot to talk about. I know we have thirty minutes to talk about it, talk about it, but I, I want to hear what you have to say because I know the levels of this game. I'm really excited to dive deeper into it, man.
0: Look, I mean, the, w- the way I see it, I think it's just – it's very simple. Everyone's getting on us for losing to teams with winning records, saying we haven't been a team with w- a winning record since week three of last year. So now a couple – and we talked about this earlier in the week. My, my rebuttal was, okay, well, look at the teams we're playing. We're not playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're not playing the 2022 New York Giants for a joke um we played so first of all all these games have been on the road that we've lost and every single team that we lost to was a team that won a playoff game at least except for the los angeles chargers the easiest game we played was in la which is still a difficult game now we played in san francisco they were in the conference championship we played in buffalo they had been to a conference championship won a playoff game last year albeit it was against us And then this year, I mean, we played the Eagles on the road and we played the Bills on the road. But nonetheless, if we want to be an elite team, like we talked about, we think we can be an elite team. We think we are an elite team. You know, you have to eventually win a game like that. It's difficult. Any team that's in the top four is going to be very difficult to beat at home. I think the Mm -hmm. Eagles have one home loss since 2021. But if you're you're elite, you've got to win at least one of those games. Mm -hmm. And, you know, finally we get one on a neutral site. We're not on the road against one of these elite teams. Uh, and this is, a, you know, this is a major opportunity. This is a, this is a game that's going to affect the number one seed. Like, you know, we talked about the Eagles game. It's like, okay, this is big. This is big for the national media conversation. It was one of those deals where if you don't win, but you take care of the business the next two weeks, it doesn't matter. No mm-hmm. one can say anything. You're the one seed. If you win that game and lose to the Chiefs, you say, okay, that was great. We made a statement, but now we're not going to get the one seed. and Now we're probably going to have to go to Arrowhead mm-hmm. later mm-hmm. in the season. Yeah,
1: that's something that can't happen, ending off on that. That's why this game's obviously so huge. Obviously, listeners, this sounds obvious, but the Dolphins can't play an away game in their away come January. Do I think we could win a game like that? Yeah. Is it likely? No, I'm going to be completely honest. So you got to take advantage. It's a play- it's a playoff game next week, dude. At, oh. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's obvious, but this is a true playoff game. And like we were saying, we are talking about Ramsey a little bit before and how big of an opportunity this is, kind of meshing the two, like – for the first time in a long time, the Dolphins have a plethora of big time players. Yes, they're big names doesn't doesn't matter, but like these are big time players who have won Super Bowls that we have now. Leaders like these guys are licking their chops. Like they, this is what happens. The big teams do like they pounce on big opportunities like this. This is what you think these guys are playing football for. It's why you play the sport, for these types of opportunities. And we haven't had the guys in the past yeah. who have really cared about something like that. So now we have these guys who have already won the big stage. They know what it feels like, and they want to get back to that feeling. And it goes back to that contagiousness we've been talking about. Guys like Ramsey in the locker room. Guys like Tyree Kill. Guys, Armstead's hurt, but he's still like a locker room presence. Like... We have these guys now who have been there, done that, and they want—they really emphasizing the fact how big of a game this is, how special it is to get to play in a game like this, and how important this opportunity is to be the team like the Chiefs. Only game on at nine thirty a.m. playing for the one seed. It's a serious mid-season game that's a lot on the line, and I really think this team's ready for it, man. I do. Yeah, no,
0: I, I, I agree, and that—that's a great point. That it's. Like the the team itself doesn't have experience playing these big games, but now you you bring in guys who Tyreek has experience playing these games. A guy like Jalen Ramsey, the best player on your offense outside of your quarterback. You know we could, we could debate that who who means more to the offense, but you know Tyreek's your best non quarterback on the on the offense, and Jalen Ramsey is your best player on your defense. And you know when your best player on your offense and defense are both guys who. Have, Played
1: in those big time games, I think that goes a long way. 100%, 100% agree, man. Like, huge advocate, but we talked about a lot. Communications, everything. Seeing stuff live in moments, everything. I know Tyreek Hill says he doesn't watch tape or do this and do that. This guy knows football as well, yeah, yeah. As, well as anybody in the league. He could, could read like no other. Like, he sees stuff a different way, which makes him so great. Ramsey's playing a billion games. Like, Chubb hasn't played big games, but he's playing a lot of football games. He's a high usage guy. Like, we got guys right now, dude. We got leaders. We got guys. We got communicators, and like, yeah, we haven't seen much in this Fangio offense. But I'm still holding optimistic that's just gonna keep getting better because I really think we do have the playmakers. We have the guys on that side of the football to com- comprise of a, a really good defense, man. Like, uh, this is again a huge opportunity to do it. You're not gonna if you're gonna beat the Kansas City Chiefs, you gotta force them into some mistakes. You got to play good defense. It's hard to contain a team like that, but like. You gotta contain them. You can't let them go crazy and score at will. Like the defense gonna have to make some plays, execute, and I think they're capable of that this week. And I think they're ready to go, which I wouldn't have said like like I have in a lot of big games in the past. Yeah. No. And um, you know, one thing on Ramsey, it's funny because you know
0: people we, we live in the social media era era where you could just take a clip of a guy getting burned, like Jalen Ramsey got burned on this play, and you're like, oh, Jalen Ramsey's washed. And it's like we talked about it, you know. You ask someone, okay, who's better than Jalen Ramsey right now? They'll tell you Pat Sertan Jr. Well, I can pull up a clip of Robbie Anderson burning him for a 60-yard touchdown. So, you know, Jalen Ramsey's a stud. We know it.
1: And -hmm. and just because the casuals don't know it, you know, it it is what it is. Oh, this guys he's off off the screen. He's watching their hollow, watching these guys move around in motion, everything. Like, stuff they don't show on TV, Ramsey just pointing stuff out, screaming. Like, Jalen Ramsey, like, I've been watching sports my whole life. He's one of the greatest vocal leaders I've ever seen. And, like, that's just, like, I watch like, I watch a lot of football. I mainly watch the Dolphins. I'm not watching, like, a lot of, like, Rams games and Jaguars games in the past. But all the times I have, all the clips I see, the games I watch those teams play, it's just, like, you're hearing Ramsey, Ramsey, Ramsey. Just, like, they're showing him screaming at people, holding people accountable, communicating on the defensive end. Like, that means everything for a player. Like, I still really do think, like, Ramsey can... Arguably the best cornerback in the league, still. He really is. Yeah. Just because just of that experience and communication, just being, seeing everything. So, how old is he right now? 29? 29. 29. 28. Like, it's not like he's so young. He's got, like, a lot of mileage on him, but, like, it's not like this guy's taking a huge dip. Like, I can't keep stressing the fact how big of an addition this is. Like, we know, all the listeners, we know how big it is. It's a little casual, but, like, it's beyond If you're gonna win big games like this, you need to have big players, big time players, and like just adding another guy to the mix, like perfect time to get this guy back. Last weekend, dude, I know we talked about the Patriots before, like that was easily the best cornerback performance we've had all year. Mm-hmm. We've had an all-pro and Xavier and Howard for the past six years now. And this was Jalen Ramsey's first game back. Yeah. His first game is by far best corner we've best corner performance we've seen all season. Well- Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to
0: say, it's not just the pick. I mean, people forget, this is a guy who tackles. Yeah. Like, not there's tons of guys who, secondary guys, like Marcus Peters doesn't tackle. Mm-hmm. And he, Marcus Peters, at his height, was one of the best corners in the league. Yeah. So, to have a guy that can cover like that, a guy that knows the system like that, a guy that knows
1: football like that, and then he'll come up and hit running backs, mm-hmm. that means a ton. Special, dude. Like, they're really, like, last week, they kind of, like, show that they're really going to use him as, like, this utility guy. I feel like they're going to move him a little bit around the field, like... He was playing the outside edges a lot. Like, obviously, he could crush a running back inside. If he has to, like, it's a special talent we have. Jalen Ramsey's one of the best cornerbacks we've ever seen in our lifetimes, one of the best defensive players. I know there's a lot to talk about here, but, like, I'm so excited to have him back after seeing what I saw last weekend. Yeah, no, me too.
0: And uh, with that said, um, you know, I was talking about how casuals are the only people who don't really think that Jalen Ramsey is good anymore. Another Mm -hmm. thing that casuals have been talking about. So people are saying, okay, you know, the Dolphins are playing Kansas City after a loss. That's going to be really tough. And just some statistics for you. So, Kansas City Chiefs, first, or Patrick Mahomes specifically, because the Chiefs without Mahomes, no one cares what they do. And obviously, we're playing them with Mahomes. So, they're 70-18 in the regular season. They That's 795 uh, winning percentage. After a loss, they're 12-3, and 3, uh, not including playoffs. So, that's a winning percentage of 800. It's virtually the same. And they've lost back-to-back games in three out of five years. So, um, I think that... The difficulty of this game after a loss isn't much more difficult than any typical Kansas City Chiefs game. Yeah. Not that that doesn't mean it's not difficult. It's more This speaks more to what the Kansas City Chiefs are able to do, because any game against them is difficult. I mean, just stats-wise, you got mm-hmm. a 20% chance of winning if you played them between 2018 and last week. But uh, I think this is a winnable game. Absolutely, it's a winnable game, Jack. No, no doubt in our minds, we know that. And would you say, so looking at this, I mean, I think without a doubt, this is the worst Kansas City's been since Mahomes came into the league. I mean, you know, and and the defense, which has gotten a lot of credit, they haven't played an offense in the top seven. And that's, you know, that our offense probably, or they haven't played a defense as good as the Kansas City Chiefs. And they've, look, our offense has struggled in these types of games where against the Bills, we put up 20 points. Against the Chiefs, I'm sorry, against the Eagles, we put up 17 points. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about that, that we weren't able to get on last week is it looks like, you know, we lose a little bit of the discipline in these big games. Like mm-hmm. these false starts, these we, we we kind of we were a little undisciplined last week, but but generally throughout the season we've been disciplined. And then you saw in Philly pre-snap penalties. Christian Wilkins is lining up offsides. Mm-hmm. Same thing in the Buffalo game with pre-snap penalties. I think it is a great opportunity for the offense to one go out and score 30, 40 points against a great defense. Mm -hmm. And two, you got to be disciplined to win a game like
1: this. Yeah, you got to be calm, you got to be poised, you got to be relaxed, you got to be focused to communicate. Um, That's how you beat a team like this. It's all the little things. It's beyond, obviously, you need to execute, but it's beyond making plays. It's all the little intangible things where you win a game like this. Attention to details, everything against the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid. Yeah,
0: 100%. And. The Chiefs are, they rank second in passing yards against per game and 19th in rushing yards against per game. And, you know, one of the things last year in L.A. Um, against the Chargers, I think we, we came out and we tried to make a statement. It was Tua versus Herbert, and even though they had a great pass defense and a very bad rush defense, we came out and we threw the ball 15 times in the first half. Which mm-hmm. may, 15 may not seem like a lot, but we kept going three yeah. and out. And I think that McDaniel this week is really important. We've been running the ball well all year. And I think this year we need to we, we
1: need to you know, stick with the run game a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, we got we to got pound the rock this week. And this defense shown, that might be their low weak point. Obviously, they have an all-time player and Chris Jones. But like Javante Williams and a really crappy Broncos team ran all over the Chiefs last week. If they could do that, the, the number two rushing attack, I don't know if we still are, could do that as well. Like, I trust McDaniel and his scheme. I trust our guys. I don't know if it comes with having, like, a healthy O-line, but I think they're going to be improved next week. I don't know. You probably have who's going to be in and out. I don't know what the deal with, like, Hunt and Lamb are, but with getting those guys back, I just think our scheme's going to be way better, so we need to run the football. You know that. And, yeah, we're going to have to be a team like this, like we said, um, in different ways. Obviously, the Chiefs are not the team you want to get into a shootout with. I know we are talking about that in the Eagles game. But you don't want to get in a shootout with these guys. you got to be able to win and be great in all areas outside of your explosive offense.
0: Yeah, you know, and it's funny. I think the Chiefs are a team that, you know, we've talked about winning ugly. Those great teams, yep. when things that they usually do well aren't going well, they always find a way. Yep. I think that's what the Chiefs have done, where their offense has kind of faltered a little bit this year. And not as much as people think. Look, they're, they're still 12th in offense and they're third in passing yards per game on offense. So, mm. you know, they're still passing the ball well. They still have Patrick Mahomes, and they still have Travis Kelsey. And, uh, but just back back to the point, even though their offense is still third in pass yards per game, it's not it's not number one in pass yards per game. They're not first in the league in points per game. They're 12th in the league in points per game. And they're finding ways to win in, without having the best offense in the league anymore.
1: Yeah, and kind of building off that, what like you said before, how this is the worst Chiefs team with Mahomes. The Mahomes led Chiefs team that you remember, like yeah, like I guess that's fair to say. But like it's a regular season through eight weeks. Like I, re- you know, you know me for six years now, Jack. Like I'm a major realist. I won't say the Chiefs don't have a good team until they're not in the AFC Championship game. Right. When they ever proven like this team, they know how to win big games. They can flip the script just like that. All the a sudden, Mahomes could have the best nine games in NFL history to close the season. So, like, I don't want to jump to conclusions and say this team isn't as good as they were in years past. Yes, they look a little more vulnerable, but that could just flip on any 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 second. It takes one play on Sunday, and this team just go, wins out the rest of the season. We're like, this is the best Chiefs team we've seen. So, like, it could just happen like that. Their defense steps up in big games every year. Like, it's Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. It was Tom Brady the New England Patriots. Like, you know when LeBron James is playing, he has a chance of winning. Not anymore, but he did for 15 years of his career. Like, these all-time legends are always going to be the best. And it's hard to just discredit a guy like that because they had an iffy start to the first eight games of the season. Right, yeah, no, 100%. And just to
0: your point, so, you know, you said that we could say they're bad and then they're in the AFC Championship. I didn't say they were bad. What I what I, I said was they're the worst Chiefs team. Now, the worst Chiefs team in the last five <laughs> years has been to the AFC Championship. Yeah. Like, whatever team you think is the worst Chiefs team in the last five years, they, all of them were in the AFC Championship. Yeah. So they could, be, they could go to the AFC Championship You're this right. year and still be the worst. But look, I'm looking at it like this. Travis Kelsey's still the best tight end in the league. It's mm-hmm. not even close. Yeah, now, they don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. That's a ridiculous combination. They they do have a great defense that's second in the league in sacks with George Karaflaftis and Chris Jones getting after the quarterback. Now, back then it was like, okay, the Chiefs had this great offense. They don't have a great defense. So it's kind of like you don't have Tyreek in and young travis kelsey anymore but you do have a ridiculous defense but I, I i still think overall it goes through mahomes and it goes through travis kelsey and i think that if you want to win those ga- this game it's easier said than done but you really got to stop those two guys i think our offense is going to be able to find ways to put up points
1: we're gonna to have to find a way to stop those guys of course you know that how that's how andy Rees preparing against us you need to stop Tua and tyreek like we always talk about the win big games like Unfortunately, we cut out last week. We kept talking about, like, your best players need to step up. That's why we didn't beat the Eagles. Our best players weren't good enough. That's really who it is. It's a battle of, like, who's going to win that battle? Mahomes and Kelsey versus those two. That's the biggest thing at the end of the day. Obviously, they're not directly competing against each other, like in basketball. We're going to play offensive defense. But, like, who's going to be better? Who's going to show their MVP this year? Who's going to show that they're the best offensive skill player that we've seen in our generation? Because, like, Kelsey and Hill, like... They're obviously different positions. They do different things, but like they're very, com- they're gonna be very comparable and who have a better career at the uh, end, at, at the end of at the end of their at the end of their careers. It's gonna be a big discussion. As they both play on the Chiefs. They both put these numbers that we've never seen before from players in their position. They're such unique talents. Like it's an opportunity for these guys to like make a stamp and imprint on, on their legacy, man. Like that's what the, that's why these best players always play best in the big games because they know how much is on the line. They know how big of an opportunity it's to really just. Show the world, show themselves that, as our friend Tyler Wood would say, that they're him. Yeah, I mean, special players make special plays in special moments,
0: and we can talk about these special players. I'd actually like to talk about these players that maybe are not so special, or but maybe could be special. So one of the things you notice about these great teams, and we talked about this last year, is these the teams like the Bills, like what I look at the Bills roster. I'm like, okay, they have one guy on offense, not that's not Josh Allen. All they have is Allen on digs. And, you know, I've been saying that their defense isn't that good. But it's like these random guys that we've never heard of seem to make plays. And I know I'm I'm giving credit to the Bills right now, and I hate doing that. But if you look at these teams, these great teams, the teams that are great for a while, it's always – you know what you're going to get with their big-time players. But sometimes on a third and eight when Travis Kelsey's doubled and Mahomes throws, you know, a little off target, you'll have some dude that – You've never even heard of that'll make a crazy catch. I remember in the Bills-Dolphins playoffs game last year, it was a third down, and I got introduced to Khalil Shakur because he made a crazy catch Shakur, on third down. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, who's this guy? So for us, I think that's Braxton Berrios. I think he's a way bigger part of this team than people realize. And it's like, go back to week one, and third and 15 against the L.A. Chargers. Yeah, Tua makes a throw off, you know, moving backwards on third and 15. And he makes a good catch. It wasn't an easy catch. It was a catch that very good receivers yeah. make. And, and I think we've – so, uh, we you know, we have all our star players, but we have other guys who can also make plays. We don't have Trent Shurfield dropping
1: slants in ja- the end zone. Jakeem Grant. Yeah, Jakeem ja- Grant. Devontae Parker, who was our number one receiver. Yeah, some bad football players, man. But, like, yeah, you got a guy – obviously, if it sounds like it's like Braxton Berrios, his TikTok guy, whatever, like – Dolphins fans, you know what we've seen in the past with these crap little slot receivers who, like, have that Barrios role. They, like, single-handedly lose games, like, and Barrios, we're not expecting them to be, like, this all-world player, but, like, obviously in games like this, like, your best players are going to do their thing. That's at least what you hope for, but obviously you need these role players to step up and make a couple big plays in the game. And Barrios, like we've seen, like in all of our games this year, very few of them have been close, win or lose. Mm. And the one game that was really close, and we needed guys to step up when our best guys were taken away, even though Tyreek Hill wasn't taken away in that game. But like, Barrios, when it mattered most, he made big plays. And like, he's due for that again. That's the type of player he is. He's calm. He's composed. That's what makes a player great in the big game, like we talked about earlier. He's disciplined. He's got to make the right play, the right catch. I hope. This guy's been on the team for seven games. But from what I've seen, I'm a big believer in that. I think he's gonna be a pretty big pretty big piece in this week in getting a win. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and you know the thing the thing about him is
0: um you know, he had a chance to make a big play against the Eagles when we were down ten three early and he ran a slant and he got cracked and they didn't call a pass interference. But that's besides the point. But look, overall I think he, he's a player that you know when you're when your top guys are not available when they're covered. You know he's a he's a security blanket. He's a guy you can rely on. And I, and I think for the first for the first time, I look at this team and they're complete. They have everything. They have offense. I think their defense is going to continue to improve. It's the first year in FanJo system. You just got Jalen Ramsey back. Hopefully Xavier Howard's coming back this week. You get more reinforcements. Hopefully Teron Armstead comes back. We'll find out more about the injuries. Uh, you know, as we get on later on in the week. But I think that you have all those things. And then you have a team that's been disciplined. They've lacked it a little bit in these big games, but they've been disciplined. And you have
1: the guys that's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, outside of the stars, we have guys who can make plays too. And I think that's super important. Yeah, I agree with you. And like, let's see what we got this weekend. We need multiple guys to step up, and our best players to be great. We need the role guys to step up. Everybody has to be disciplined, be calm, composed, and be ready and well prepared to play a big time football game. A lot on the coaching staff, but at the end of the day, a lot of the coaches to get these guys prepared, but at the end of the day, these guys need to be um, calm, composed, and ready to go in the moment. Absolutely. And look, we will come back for final thoughts, keys
0: to the game, and score predictions, but right now we have to announce the Week 8 Clown of the Week. So you don't know who the Clown of the Week is, and you're going to love this one. Uh, the Clown of the Week is a guy named Brian Burke on Twitter. Well, he works for ESPN. He works in their analytics department, and you know that I think analytics are fake. And Brian Burke actually proved that analytics are fake this week. So Mina Kimes, a notorious Dolphin hater, um, she tweeted out that ESPN's advanced receiver rating system is live. And then you know in her tweet, she goes the number one receiver in the league is drum roll please AJ Brown and then wrote a bunch of stuff now what she didn't mention in in this newly rolled out ESPN analytical uh, machine is that the six if you go to the 16th ranked receiver in the league you can find a guy I don't know if you've heard of him his name's Tyreek Hill so that's that's what ESPN's advanced analytics um, machine ranks Tyreek Hill in the NFL now look First, they shouldn't have released it at all. That's something where you look at it, you see, okay, Tyreek Hill's 16. We're going to redo this. <laughs> but not only did they release it, obviously, you know, Finns fans, they start going crazy. They're like, all right, well, who's the idiot behind this? It's a guy named Brian Burke. Brian Burke doubled down on this, and he tweeted out that Tyreek is a great receiver, but he's not A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams, or Justice Jefferson. If you were to draft 10 receivers right now, I'm not sure that Tyree Kill would be in the top 10. So anyone that says that, look, you're one of two things. I mean most likely it's a guy just looking for attention. Anyone that's looking for attention on, from strangers on Twitter is a massive clown. Or you actually believe that. And if that's something that you actually believe, uh, you, you should be investigating. the government should be investing investigating people that don't believe Tyree Kill is a top 15 receiver in the NFL. People that's stupid are threats to society. And, um, I mean, other than that, there's not much more to say. This this guy's on pace to break the receiving record, become the, the week he becomes the, or or I guess they rolled this out before, but right before he becomes the first receiver in the Super Bowl era to have a thousand yards in eight games, Brian Burke decides that he's not a top 10 receiver in football. So Brian Burke, congratulations. You're the official week eight clown of the week. You would have a difficult time finding a larger clown than yourself. ...at a street fair, circus, or the birthday party of a young child. Now, it's come
1: to my attention that you have an unofficial Week 8 Clown of the Week. Let yeah, I do. Um, Jack, thank you a lot for giving me this opportunity. I know you like having your one Clown of the Week. I know this is unofficial, but I had to reach out to you before... ...because I think this candidate is so well-deserving. He deserves to be called out because he's a massive clown. Love of our listeners, you know who this is going to be probably... Um, it's our good friend from Sharon, Massachusetts, from a small town outside of Boston. And he his name is Alex Lefkowitz, goes by the name, the nickname of Lou. So Lou is a notorious Boston fan who is an absolute idiot. And I just wanted to call you out after years of you talking crap to me about how bad my teams were, how dominant you were, Tom Brady this, Tom Brady that. I just wanted to make it publicly stated and have it on the record. That Miami owns Boston. The Heat own the Celtics. To a 6-0 versus the Patriots. I don't give a crap about hockey, but we beat the Bruins, who had the best record in NHL history. And you continue to talk over time and make statements for your team. So, I just thought this was very important. It got something off my chest for me to say. And Jack, thank you a lot for giving me this opportunity and pleasure to publicly announce that Sweet Lou, Alex Lefkowitz, is a major clown. Yeah, I mean, look, I can't disagree with anything you said.
0: When it comes to Miami sports, the Dolphins are my only uh, Miami team, but uh, we do own Boston as of now, and I I can't disagree with what you're saying if Miami is owning Boston across all sports. Appreciate it, Jack. Yeah, no problem. So uh, we've got final thoughts, keys to the game, and score predictions. So first, a couple of things in terms of the one seed, You know why we believe this is for the one seed. After this game, you know – and we've talked about how games are just boring now. When, except for like when you're playing the Eagles or Bills, which we've lost both, when we're playing the Chiefs, the other games are just boring. And after this game, you've got a pretty easy stretch of five games. If we look at our schedule, we are favored, or we're gonna be favored in seven, at least seven, of the last eight games. So the only game we might not be favored because if you know, if you're two and a half point underdogs against the Chiefs at a neutral site, or three point underdogs in Philly you're going to be favored when you're at home against any team in the league. Mm -hmm. So the only team that has a winning record right now that we play on the road is the Baltimore Ravens. And I think the Ravens are garbage. I think we could win that game. But if you win this game, you're you're looking at, unless things go wrong, you're looking at a 13-14 win season. And on top of that, the Jaguars and the Ravens. So if you win this game, you don't get the one seed Mm -hmm. tomorrow or on Sunday. But what you do get is you have the tiebreaker over the Chiefs. The Jags and the Ravens are 6-2. and two. I don't think the Jags and the Ravens are—I I don't think either that those teams no. are— one, that good, but two, winning 12, 13, no. 14 games. Mm-hmm. So, I think that—so, you know, that just shows the implications of this game. The team that wins this game is going to be the one seed. So, Jeremy, could we get an offensive key to the game, a defensive
1: key to the game, and, you know, an overall key to the game, and then a score prediction? So I think our offensive key to the game, like I say every week, is to just play our game. In a big game like this, you got to stick true to what you're best at. We need to get the ball down the field. We need to be confident. We need to take chances. We need to get the ball to our best players. And we need to really establish a running game early on. we got to show them that we're going to be threats in multiple ways. They have a vulnerable rush defense, so we got to take advantage of that early. And we definitely can, hoping our guys play this week. But besides the fact, it's up to the coaching staff to get these guys prepared and ready which goes on to my defensive key of the game, which is all about preparation and attention to detail. We have the guys to execute on the defensive end. I truly do believe that. We have this guy, Vic Fangio, who hasn't impressed me at all yet, but he's renowned in NFL, as this great defensive mind, defensive coordinator. So I'm going to hold some optimism that this defense could be really good. And the biggest thing about that, the biggest thing you need in a good defense, which is we didn't show up in the Eagles game, is we are undisciplined. We are unprepared we lacked attention to detail, and we just weren't ready to win a football game. You do, some, you do those things. You come ready to play. You come prepared. You come locked in and focused against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. You could really make a statement and turn your season around. You could, this defense could be turned around mentally. This team can be turned around mentally. It all starts with you. It starts with the defense. It starts with you, Wilkins. It starts with you, Ramsey. It starts with you, Axe. Starts with Holland. Starts with all of you leaders to make sure all of these guys are prepared, ready to go, and win a big time football game. Preparation, Jack. Yep. And what about what about overall? Is that we, we got offense, we got defense. What's what's overall? What's the overall key? Overall key to this game. I hate that I wasted it. So I, I I was I would say preparation and just being ready to win a big time football game. Like let's be confident. Let's be the Dolphins. Let's have fun. Let's play. Let's play to our game. Play loose. Play fun, play ready to go, and just play football at the end of the day. And just, you have a fun team. and That's what makes this team special and different. They like they remind me so much of Miami Heat. You know, I'm a diehard Miami Heat fan. What make the Heat great are not the players; it's their identity. They know exactly. They play true to their game. They play hard. They play tough. They're better conditioned than everybody. So the Dolphins should carry on that as a Miami sports team and, re- and follow the Heat's lead and replicate their process. Play fun. Play loose. Play fast. Play your game. You're going to give yourself a very, very, very good chance of winning a big football game. Play
0: fun and play physical, and that's what Ramsey brings to the table, putting
1: putting his helmet in people's
0: chests and forcing fumbles. Look... My keys to the game are very simple. Offensively, you need to get rid of the ball quickly. They've got some guys, Chris Jones and George Kariflaftis. They get after the quarterback. They're second in sacks in the NFL. We don't want Tua taking hits. Mm -hmm. He needs to get the ball out of his hands. He's been doing it all year. Continue to do that. Defensively, do not let Patrick Mahomes extend plays. Look, we've struggled with quarterbacks who scramble in the past. We struggled with Josh Allen. He scored 48 points. The Eagles were up 10-3. They went for it on 4th and 3. We almost sacked Jalen Hurts. We let him get out of the pocket, and what does he do? He throws a 45-yard touchdown on 4th and 3. Bad things happen when you let guys like Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen get outside of the pocket and make plays. Don't do it. It is impossible to play coverage for 6 seconds, especially when you're playing against a veteran like Travis Kelsey who always finds the spot in the zone defense. Now, I would rather have Mahomes sit in the pocket and... You know, have pressure around him, then let him get outside of the pocket and extend plays this Sunday. Priority number one, keep him in the pocket before we go with priority number two, which is obviously to sack the quarterback Mm -hmm. from a defensive line standpoint. Overall, this team, I've been saying it all year, they need to be disciplined. We lost our final game of the season last year because we were undisciplined and couldn't get off the QB sneak. I've said it a 1,000 times, and I'm going to say it 2,000 times by the end of the year. You have to be disciplined, especially in a game like this. You don't get any flowers for being disciplined when you're winning 56-20 against the Broncos. When it really counts is when you're down by four points at the end of the game and a bunch of random people in Germany who don't really care about the game are going nuts and there's one minute left. Can you stay disciplined on the offensive line? Can you know the staff count? Defensively, can you stay on size? Can you not interfere with anybody? With any of the receivers we know that the league wants the Chiefs to be in the Super Bowl don't give the Zebras any extra motivation to throw their yellow flags at you Uh, Jeremy can we get a score
1: prediction for this Sunday score prediction um, 34-31 Dolphins Tyree killed 200 yards and a touchdown Tua throws for 303 Mostert runs for over 100 and probably hits Pater twice um, defense allows 31 points, but they make some big plays to flip the field and some big momentum plays. And the Dolphins etch out a victory, 34-31 in Germany against the Kansas City Chiefs. While you and I wake up for an early game, eating New York bagels and drinking cold brew. Yes, sir, baby. Coffee's and bacon, egg, and cheeses <laughs> and Dolphins football to start our Sunday. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Nothing man. I'm just appreciative of you always having me on every week, man. It's a lot of fun, a good break up from our busy weeks to talk about a team we so dearly love somehow after twenty three years of misery. But it's fun it's fun doing this with you, Jack. Doing the podcast every week and talking football with you and getting to watch our team on Sunday be competitive for the first time in our lives. I really am looking forward to experiencing hopefully a next step and the Dolphins legacy with you. Yes, sir. And look,
0: it's great to have you on. I mean, one, we are, we already talk. A, we we used to talk about Dolphins football on the phone for forty five minutes after every game. So we, uh, you know, we might as well make a podcast out of it. And yeah, no, yeah. great, 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 having you on. Always enjoy talking to you about Dolphins football. I'm going to give my final thoughts and a score prediction with two more quotes about opportunities. Opportunities are the theme of the day. And a man named Sun Tzu, who wrote the Art of War, everybody should read it once. Said opportunities multiply as they are seized. What does that mean? You want the opportunity to play for the Lombardi Trophy in February. Do yourself a favor. Make the road to get there easier and win Sunday. Seize the opportunity this Sunday, and you play at home in January where home teams win 73% of the time in the divisional round and 70% of the time in the AFC Championship game or across AFC and NFC Championships. And now on the flip side... A man named Horace Jackson Brown Jr who I have never heard of but is apparently a New York Times best-selling author, author said there is nothing more expensive than a missed opportunity. What does that mean? You lose this Sunday if we see the Chiefs in January and if we're going to get to the Super Bowl in February, we're going to have to see the Chiefs in February or in January. We're we're already playing at a major disadvantage. They played in 5 AFC Championship games. We've played in zero. We need every advantage we can get. Lose Sunday. You're playing on the road against a team playing in their sixth AFC championship. While you're playing in your first, it's going to be very difficult. That's an expensive price to pay. Nonetheless, I believe the Dolphins seize this opportunity. They get it done 27-16, to 16, and I'm going to say they could have scored 30, but they're kneeing it out inside the Chiefs' 10-yard line at the end of the game. This is a double-digit victory. The Dolphins seize the opportunity. They're playing at home in January on what will be a road to a Super Bowl championship, hopefully. Um, to those of you who made it to the end, we, we really appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Jeremy, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Shark. And we will see you next week. Finzo?